Because we're grumpy doesn't mean we can't podcast. No, we're super <laughs> grumpy looking at each other, grumpiness, <laughs> living in this grumpy world. <laughs> Talk about science. <laughs> Hi, this is Reed. I'm married to Abby, and I know about physics. Hi, this is Abby. I'm married to Reed, and I don't. Welcome to Family Antimatters, the science podcast from both ends of the spectrum. I'm Reed. Welcome to a new episode of Family Antimatters. <laughs> okay, so today's uh, podcast topic is from actually one of our listeners wrote in an email to us, one of three emails we've ever received. So thank you. <laughs> That's not from our host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this one actually comes to us from Eli. And he says, why don't you do a podcast on antimatter? Can you have anti-compounds, and do they still have normal mass? So I thought that was a really good question. I think it's a good question, too, um, even though I know nothing about antimatter, even though it is literally in the title of our podcast. Yes, it is. So this is our self-titled... EP. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Four songs, two minutes long... Garage sensibilities. Re- recorded in our mom's basement. <laughs> Amateur production values. And we're going to shop it to some record labels and hopefully get on Warp Tour <laughs> in 2001. <laughs> Titular episode. Sweet. All right. Um, All right. So we wanted to talk about antimatter. And the biggest thing you keep stressing to me is that you don't know what it is. I n- literally know uh nothing about this so i'm pretty sure that most everyone who like hasn't specifically studied this also probably doesn't know what antimatter is i feel like it's one of those things you sort of just accept in sci-fi you're like oh antimatter that must be bad and or i don't care i mean it's the best plot device right (laughs) yeah it really is it's like antimatter Oh no, it's going to destroy the universe. And I'm just like, all right, I'm buying this eats popcorn. <laughs> it's a blob of question mark. It's going to save us all or it's going to destroy us all. Yeah. So. Um, so should I talk about the things I found on Twitter? Yeah. Okay. So on Twitter, 10 minutes ago. <laughs> wait, wait, did you pull people? Yeah. Like ask them what, what do you know about antimatter? Yeah. Yeah. I literally on did. And on Facebook. <laughs> this is great. Okay. So Let's I, go. uh, Asked on Twitter on my personal account at my giant robot, if you ever want to follow me. Um, (laughs) Shameless self-promotion. I said, hey, everyone, in one tweet, let me know what you think antimatter is. And let's see some of the responses. All right. Okay. Uh, At other J Max says, it is the reverse of matter, like the same as matter, but the opposite. And it cancels out matter and vice versa if they touch. All right. Okay. Nope. No, um, no judgments nope, until none. the end. Yep. Okay. Uh, at Rabbin Crab Mink, our good friend Brian says a <laughs> spinoff of Family Matters. Uh, All right, I know. <laughs> um, my friend Ashley at AVB on Twitter said a teacher once described it as two partners who don't get along. 
That always stuck in my head, even though I have no, <laughs> even though I have no idea what it means. That might have been part of it. I wasn't the closest listener in school. I kind of love that. Um, and then I also asked on Facebook, and friend Nicole said an anti-flag cover band fronted by Bill Nye. <laughs> Uh, my friend Jess said, what is left over when matter is made from colliding protons and neutrons, but it's highly unstable, so it just combusts and disappears? Hmm. And then Rick Zhang says, is it matter with an opposite charge? Whatever the heck the charge of matter is, I'm confused. Sad face. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, those are the ones I got in the last 10 minutes, so let's discuss some of these things. Do you know who got it the most right? I mean, aside from the angry fighting couple. Who? Uh, Rick Zang. Rick Zang. Okay, good job, Rick Zang. <laughs> also, also the confusion part, totally accurate. Okay, <laughs> um, so should I read the, the actual definition for antimatter? If you can do it in... It's, bl- yeah. Yeah, 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 I can, because Google. <laughs> okay, I'm going to read this, and it's not going to make any sense to me, so let's just, I'm just going to read it. Antimatter is defined as a material compound of the antiparticle or quote unquote partners to the corresponding particles of ordinary matter. In theory, a particle and its antiparticle have the same mass as one another, but opposite electric charge and other differences in the quantum numbers. Yes. Um, that's, so, oh. Go ahead. I was going to say that's, that's probably all the more Wikipedia yeah. you need. Like that kind of says it. Okay. So just breaking down what I just read. Mm hmm. So does this say that for every particle, there is another particle that has a diff- the same mass but a different, like the opposite charge? In theory, yes. Okay. Yep. But why? <laughs> Not entirely sure. Why is never a really fair yeah, question to ask about how the universe is structured. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. All <laughs> no, right. it's, it's fine. All right, so you said Rick Zang was the most right. Shout out to Rick Zang, who used to be an intern where I used to work, and now and now is a full time person there, I believe. So shout out to Rick Zang. So what he said and what Wikipedia said about antimatter being basically charge flipped matter is true. I mean, despite all of the crazy special properties and mystical yada yada that you know we use in sci fi, you know, with antimatter. It's kind of just stuff. Like, it is naturally occurring. It can be created in a lab, just like matter. It has the same mass, the same, you know, general state of being with an opposite charge, and also the weird property of not being able to exist in contact with matter without annihilating. Like, you mix the two and energy. <laughs> okay, I guess I've heard of the antimatter part being like in sci-fi movies uh being like a terrible thing because you could destroy the universe or whatever. Yeah, like the big deal with antimatter is matter and antimatter like of the same type, you know, like an ant- a proton and an antiproton. If they touch or, you know, collide or somehow interact, they annihilate back into energy. So it's just like a boom. Uh huh. That's like a really crazy boom in, you know, particle scales. That's a lot of energy. Actually, in any scale, it's quite a lot of energy. Okay, so a couple questions. Yeah. First question. Yes. 
How do we know that antimatter exists? Is this a theory or is it an actual thing? Theory for a while and is definitely a real thing. Like it has been observed. Uh, we are able to see it from like cosmic ray interactions, you know, stuff coming from the sun coming through our atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen um, anti-electrons, anti-protons. We've been able to create it in labs, like in accelerators. And also going back to one of Eli's questions, we've actually used like anti-protons and anti-electrons to create anti-hydrogen. For why? Basically to see that we can or that it works like that. Okay. It it does. It seems to work like that. Anti-hydrogen. So basically you could do all the anti-things and make the, compounds of yeah like that's kind of the deal is it's not really special at all you know what it reminds me of what's that uh you know like in zelda in a link to the past or like between worlds you go like the other world and it's all like the negaverse of hyrule <laughs> it's low rule or whatever oh yeah <laughs> low rule <laughs> um spoiler alert um and everything is sort of like upside down and crazy like inverted color schemes. And yeah. Like I think, is that where antimatter exists? It's like a counterpart. No. So that's, <laughs> I mean, I hate, I hate to say no instead of the yes and. When I said like antimatter is not special, like mm-hmm. it doesn't exist on a different plane. It doesn't like have its own, you know, special dimension. It's not the flip side or the underneath. Uh, like when we see antimatter, see it here like it's something that is is created and exists it's basically matter except the only thing special about it is it can't hang out with matter without destroying itself so is antimatter like around us right now for very very like tiny brief hiccups yeah so remember when we talked about the the quantum foam and the, the yeah. pair creation and destruction, mm-hmm. the the pair is a something and an anti-something. Okay. Like quarks, anti-quarks, positron, or proton, anti-proton. Okay, so we, ha- we know that these things exist. We've seen them in, like, controlled settings. Mm-hmm. So what would happen if someone, like, used them for evil, like, in science fiction movies? So feasibly, if you had, you know, even a small, like, macroscopic quantity of antimatter and were to put it in contact with anything, you know, air, (laughs) Mm -hmm. anything that, you know, is matter, it would annihilate with that matter and turn into a lot of energy. So it would just, like, explode? Uh, Yeah, basically. (laughs) I mean, it, would, it would create a lot of heat and light and just free energy. So these things aren't on Earth. Not really. They're like in space. Oh, that's just it. It's not for any length of time. But how do they not touch anything? That's just it. That's why we don't see it. Mm. It's because anytime one is created, it's almost immediately annihilated again back in energy. So therein lies the conundrum. You asked, like, what if someone were to use it as a weapon? Mm-hmm. So 
you remember that Dan Brown book, Angels and Demons? I didn't read it, but you've told me about it. Yeah, like the whole premise is like, what if someone, you know, broke into CERN and got like this chunk of antimatter and used it as a bomb to like blow up the Pope or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's an action movie. It's fun. It's yeah. a you know, it's book. a device. Um, the like the cool mechanism and like the difficulty is how do you keep antimatter? Yeah. How do you keep, cause it, if you, if you can't keep it in a container cause it touches it and yeah, destroy exactly. the container, you're f- <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. It, it can't touch the container. It can't touch air. So obviously you have to keep it in a vacuum and you know, the walls that you would have to contain it in are electric and magnetic fields. Now you have, a field pushing down, a field pushing up, a field pushing from the side and from the other side, basically containing this thing inside. Like a magic box. Uh, I mean, it would kind of act like a magic box, yeah. yeah. If you wanted to create this thing in real life, you would need some sort of power supply to make the... Yeah, I, I just... <laughs> the, the fields, and yeah, it becomes... The- just needlessly complicated. And janky. Kind of janky. Yeah. <laughs> and you would just probably end up killing yourself and everyone on the planet Earth. I mean, if you had enough of it, but the quantities that we, like, created in, in, you know, accelerators, they're, like, proton-antiproton accelerators that, you know, use that annihilation as the collision. Oh, really? Yeah. And don't destroy the world? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I don't know. Okay, for some like reason, one one. yeah, for some reason, reading online before this podcast, it was just all like one small bit of antimatter colliding with whatever would destroy the world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we create collisions that are, like I said, the equivalent of like trillions of degrees centigrade, and they're really small, and all that energy is concentrated in one bit. You know, these things are a lot of energy for the tiny little things that they are, but we have not destroyed the world. Okay. Um, So I found a question on the physics stack exchange. Yes. Okay. So it says, suppose one kilogram of a stray meteorite antimatter moves to the earth. What would happen after the collision matter and the antimatter? Uh, Is there a way to produce antimatter here on earth? Why antimatter bombs... Why are antimatter bombs more powerful than the atomic bomb? One, I'm assuming antimatter bombs haven't been created. Have not. Because <laughs> that would be redonk. Like we said, the technical difficulty in like making and storing antimatter is kind of ridiculous. Um, whenever antimatter meets matter, assuming their particles are of the same type, that mm-hmm. annihilation occurs and energy is released. Mm-hmm. We've discussed that earlier. Mm-hmm. In this case, a one kilogram chunk of the Earth would be annihilated along with a meteorite. So it's like one for one. I'm assuming there would be energy released in the form of gamma radiation, probably. Provided it uh, got through space uninterrupted. Yeah. It would immediately start interacting with um, the particles in our atmosphere. Yeah. You know, the air, the dust, the whatever. I doubt it would even make it to Earth. But if it did, it would, would it just like one for one destroy the same amount of mass? I mean, it would annihilate the same amount of mass and create enough energy. Put out a lot of energy. Okay. So 
Like a lot, like like a like a lot, like destroy a chunk of land a lot, or like a, a city. I mean, I can give it to you in mathematical terms, but I don't know, like what that would do. Probably like city level destruction. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, we've talked about like e equals mc squared being you know like a hundred pennies equals a dollar. Yeah. So that that e is the amount of energy that comes out of you know the mass m times the speed of light squared. And the mass in this case would be like two kilograms, you know, a kilogram of antimatter, a kilogram yeah. of... That's, that's a lot of energy. <laughs> like, like, that's a lot of energy. Like, Reed's here, like, just like nodding. He's like, that's a lot of energy. I'm like, I guess it's a lot of energy. I don't know. Yeah. Now, in that sense, a kilogram of antimatter is... That's a lot of antimatter, right? It's a like feasibly ridiculous thing just because like how would you get that much anywhere um oh so this is interesting yeah uh so is there a way to produce antimatter here on earth we said yes particle colliders yeah totes um particle colliders routinely produce antiparticles every day in these colliders beams of particles accelerated to a high speed collide with a target or with each other spewing spewing out a bunch more exotic particles which include antiparticles, these are usually short-lived. You can listen to our particle accelerator episode about uh, that if you want more info. Um, antiatoms are harder since preserving the antiparticles for the time that it takes to bring them together is difficult. Nevertheless, we have been able to make and preserve antihydrogen for 15 minutes, and it has a link to that. Um, I'll, That's cool. I'll put it in the episode description if it ends up being a legit article. Um, but producing this for use is harder, especially large quantities. Antimatter is extremely difficult to store since it'll just annihilate whatever walls you put it in. Yup. <laughs> yep, that's what we just <laughs> talked about. Uh, that's really funny. Um, so uh, antimatter as like a plot device is not a super feasible uh, with our current technology whatsoever. No, <laughs> no, it's, it's super amusing, but yeah. not, not a big threat. Yeah, because like in that Star Trek movie, the one in 2009 with Chris Pine and stuff. Oh yeah. The first one of those. The first one. Uh, Spock talks about red matter. Yeah. You were asking me about that. Yeah. Which is, which is, which is not dark matter or antimatter, but he like uses this like needle contraption and he like sucks it out of this tube. Yeah. That's what we thought it was at first was dark matter. And yeah. then looked red it up. Matter. Red matter. Yeah. And then question he, mark. And it doesn't like destroy the container it's in, but then he like drops it into the, into a planet and destroys the whole planet. Yeah, I'm just shaking my head over here. I don't know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and that's why you can't enjoy science fiction movies. I could enjoy science fiction movies. I just can't enjoy that one X Files show that you showed me, <laughs> where the guy's like head exploded. That was fringe. <sighs> okay, well, we don't have to talk about that. Okay, right now. <laughs> but I, I wasn't even my show. It was like the show that my mom was watching. Don't worry about it. I'm not blaming you for <laughs> fringe. <laughs> fringe is, was pretty good though. Anyway, um, so before we end this, I want to say one thing about like what antimatter means to, you know, like physics and theory and the questions that science writ large still has. Oh, can I cut you off for one second? Oh, please. Okay. What is the difference between dark matter and antimatter? Are those actually, is dark matter a thing? I don't even know what that is. Oh, boy. Let's see if I can do this concisely and quickly. So dark matter is almost synonymous with dark energy in that it's presumably out there. Like we see 
gravitational effects. Like we see light bending to something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. So it's dark matter. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that's kind of the, the question mark black box given to, we see effects that has to be created by something. We can't observe that something though. So it's dark matter. So it's like the dark link of the universe. <laughs> I mean. Force Deku link. <laughs> Except you can see him. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's the difference. It's a way with antimatter. And antimatter is something that you can actually see. And like, observe. Yeah. Okay. Like we, we interact with it. Okay. But dark matter is just like this big question mark in the universe. Yep. We infer that it has to exist, but don't know what the hell it is or where it is, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Can't account for. Mm. Okay. So go ahead. Right. What, what was the last, the thing you were going to say was antimatter and its importance to physics in the world. This is actually a, a good segue asking about like dark matter and just kind of like unknown, unaccounted stuff that doesn't fit a model. Mm-hmm. So according to the standard model, there are a lot of like symmetries in place. Like for every up, there's a down for every, you know, spin is conserved. So when you create two particles out of something that already has, you know, an up spin, their sum has an up spin, blah, blah, blah. So obviously there's a huge asymmetry here in that the universe has way more matter than antimatter. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's kind of a head scratcher. I mean, from any you know, energy interaction kind of thing where energy becomes particle, antiparticle. Like you, you would assume that would be equal, that would be living in this, in this universe of like yeah. swimming through matter and antimatter. And every interaction that we see, it produces these pairs that are, you know, equal opposite. But clearly, you know, universal matter creation didn't work like that. Like there's some sort of symmetry breaking that favored matter over antimatter. And that's still kind of a head scratcher. You know why? Tell me why. Magic. <laughs> right. It's really similar to uh, like the geese flying thing. Oh, like why they fly south? No. Uh, why when they fly in a V, one side of the V is always longer than the other side? You remember why, right? Because there are more geese on that side. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, so I guess modern science has not found the answer to that conundrum. No, no, that that's still a big, like... Maybe there's like a big monster in the universe that just like thrives on antimatter and that's what's eating it. And that's why the universe is created. I mean, to the extent that we don't have any better explanation, yeah, sure, fine, you know. Thor up in the heavens throwing down lightning bolts. Yeah. So. But, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. <sighs> I don't know if that is one we'll figure out, but obviously people are thinking about it. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, so things we learned. Uh, antimatter is the pair of, like, the reverse charge of the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. An, an antiparticle. An antiparticle. So it has like the other chart, like if it's a. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's just like a regular particle, except With it has. The reverse charge? Yeah, the opposite charge. Okay, the opposite charge. Blah, blah, blah. Uh huh. Um, if it collides 
with matter if it like collided back with it like with its other pair it would create a lot of energy and annihilate the universe yep um yeah that's that's the special feature of it otherwise it's just <laughs> regular stuff it just can't exist alongside regular stuff it's a feature not a bug <laughs> <laughs> um, and that known shippable, and that the universe basically um, favors m- matter for some reason that s- modern science can't for figure out. Some weird unknown reason. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. I didn't think I was gonna have a lot to talk about here, but I felt like I contributed a little bit. Yeah, no, this was this was some back and forth. I think. Oh, oh, fourth thing Uh-oh. I learned Get is that you can't contain this. So science fiction movies while fun and interesting, are not completely accurate. <laughs> are they ever? Well, no, but I feel like in this case, it's like a, like not egregious, but it's just like, wow. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a fine premise. Yeah, it's a fine premise. But, you know, maybe in these science fiction movies in the future, they, they're like vacuum containers that we just don't know about. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, so that, cool. That's the things you learned about antimatter. Yeah, that's some antimatter. Um... If you guys have questions about antimatter or any other topic suggestions or fun challenges, recipes, <laughs> good books, <laughs> shoot us an email. <laughs> recipes? I mean, I do really like cooking. I know. Cooking is science, y'all. And baking is basically chemistry. Yeah. But, you know, this is not family baking matters, so. <laughs> no, that that's later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can email us at... Uh, familyantimatters at gmail.com. All right. I thought this was a fine episode. I think so, too. Yeah. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Hey, do you like us? Subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at AntimattersCast. If you have a good topic for an episode, email us at familyantimatters at gmail.com. That's all one word, no hyphen. Familyantimatters at gmail.com. Cool. Thanks.